Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to another edition of On the Continent, your one-stop shop for everything to do with European football. I'm Dotson Adibayo. I'm Andy Russell. And I'm Lars Watson. On today's edition, with all the fanfare of a bullfight, Barca announced their return on the big stage with the big boys and a big name signing. We'll see through the smoke and the mirrors. Also, Benfica's fabled coach proves the old footballing adages. You always remember the first time and... It's never as good the second time around. And in what's already been a busy transfer window, we'll take a look at the shape of squads to come. So, Andy, let's start off with Barcelona. Big press conference. They're back. They're back. (laughs) Did you miss them? (laughs) <laughs> where, where have they been? Yeah, that, that they is sort of that is a question. Really. Departed the league? Had they gone off somewhere else? I, I mean, when you know, there is there are certain stories that we we have an obligation to to, to cover on here, and we end up talking about a, a lot of Barcelona because they are the gift that keeps on giving. I have been particularly looking forward to discussing this with Lars, who is our, I, I guess maelstrom against financial incompetence <laughs> in the European game. And not yeah. suggesting that after I am, Joanne Laporta... after all, the son of an accountant. <laughs> Mr. McCorber. Uh, although, uh, you never get the impression that Joanne Laporta is 
because um, maybe he's just really hating his father. This 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 phrase: "We're definitely recovering our status." Everybody in the world should get ready, as we are. So we are back as big players in the transfer market. <laughs> oh. This is um, on the pitch. We should we should be saying he's he's saying these words um, as they're presenting Ferran Torres, the mm. fifty-five million euro initial fee purchase from Manchester City. Uh, at 21 years old. Then, of course, when they get the press conference room with uh, Matteo Alemani, uh, their sporting director, who has previously been sporting director of Valencia. So he's seen some ugly numbers before. <laughs> and um, it kind of slips out what we all knew already, the fact that they can't register Ferran Torres yet. Uh, because they've not got enough room on the wage bill. Now, this is all very going back to the start of the season where they sign Eric Garcia, Cunaguero, Memphis, and can't register them. And it's right up till, you know, think of the transfer deadline as the last minute you can sign players. We're looking at when Barcelona can register the players they have signed because that is the hole they've, they're in, even after getting rid of the astronomical wages of Leo Messi. And yet they're doing it all over again and they're back last. Yes, they are back. They're back to doing the things they were doing before. (laughs) Uh, Gift that keeps on giving. Maybe all this giving is part of the problem. Can I be slightly sort of, when I, contrarian, like towards myself? Let's, let's go. You got to mix this up. I can't come on here and and moan about these big clubs spending money they don't have like every time. It's like you kind of, you can't play the hits. You got to, you got to do something. (laughs) That's what people want. I know, but maybe, you know what? If you just, if you play Stairway to Heaven every time, you know, it just, it, it gets boring. Um, I think even I have to acknowledge that there is an element of these clubs that you do have to kind of speculate to accumulate a little bit. Mm. And I think if we're going to make fun of Barcelona for making stupid decisions, I don't actually think spending good money on Ferran Torres is the worst thing they can do. Because he's a young player, he's someone who shows signs of of being one of the sort of leading lights of this uh, Spanish generation, someone who I think will play a big role in the Spanish national team going forward. Um, and we are kind of coming towards the end of the pandemic, I suppose. You know, they, they, they can look towards a future where there are people in the stadium and maybe the tourists can return and, mm. uh, you know, the finances of football will right themselves. And we can talk a lot about what Barcelona need to do to make a financial recovery and all of this, but the thing is, they need to have a good team on the pitch. Yeah. And they do have some of these sort of outlandish contracts that they signed. I mean, they are they are expiring some of them, and they are getting rid of some of these people. So I think as uh, much it's as funny it's funny, you should say that as they, much as they, it's fun to make fun of Barcelona because uh, they've signed, they've spent a lot of money on Torres. They say, we're back, uh, but they can't actually register him yet. Like oh, it, it is funny, I get that, but I don't actually think this is the dumbest thing they've, they've done. It, it, it does seem like it doesn't quite make sense, but there are reasons, I guess. No, that's right, and of course the fact that they've got another loan to pay the the transfer fee um, from Goldman Sachs sort of gives them a little sliver of actually, maybe we could get Erling Haaland because, uh, you know, they're is saying... Is that what this is all about? What the, th- this is what they're moving towards. You know, they're, they're like, we're in the mix for these players now. Now, to me, if you're Laporta, the minute you're sat down with Mino Raiola, you know it's not possible. You can borrow the £75 million to to buy him for, for, his, for his buyout clause, which we think becomes active this summer. But signing Haaland will be expensive, not for the fee 
for the wages and for what you're paying Raiola. It will be really, really expensive. Now, clearly, he would still be a huge signing for them. Clearly, to my mind, he would experience hitherto untouched realms of frustration, which we've seen little hints of at Dortmund as the structure around him is not quite right because clearly he has enormous standards and wants to go and win a load of stuff. I don't think... I, th- I think there are a couple of reasons that Holland to Barcelona won't, won't happen and I think th- th- there are reasons on on both sides, but both in terms of Raiola and Holland actually w- wanting to win. Um, shifting those wages is is still tough and, and they are in a difficult position. One, because a couple of those contracts go on. I mean, you talked about, well, hinted at Usman Dembele, whose contract is expiring at, at, at the end of the, and continue. the, the season. Who is, will is, be is leaving it, at some point. Yeah, well, yeah. They'll, they'll end up still paying some of those wages yeah, once, sure. once he's gone. The, the, the Usman Dembele is the immediate one. Now, of course, they're trying to renegotiate. They're trying to negotiate a new contract with him. Um, the difficulty is... Obviously, it's not going to be cheap. Um, the interesting thing that I saw Dermot Corrigan float uh, recently is the fact that it might actually make financial sense for them to extend him rather than get out from what you believe is a millstone because of the amortization of the original transfer fee. So you can stretch the, what, I guess, 27 million that's left of it over the extent of yes. his new contract rather than shoving it all on on this year's. I mean, in terms of what that allows them in terms of wages, that doesn't enormously help them. But it does show you just how incredibly complex the situation at Barcelona is. Yeah, I, I guess that's for, for, for listeners who don't spend their lives analysing sort of finances. It's worth reiterating that a, a transfer fee doesn't get like written off on the books immediately. It gets written off over the course of time, uh, over the period that uh, the player has in the contract. So let's just for simplicity's sake say if they'd paid 50 million for Ferran Torres and put him on a five-year deal, then that will appear in the uh, in the budget as um, minus 10 million each year for five years. Which, as you say, Andy, when you then reach the ending bits of the contract, if you then extend it, then that gets stretched even further, what's left on it. Mm. So, uh, so that could be a way of making that work. Also, just from a sporting sense... There is a player somewhere in Dembele, right? I mean, he is, if you if you can keep him healthy, and, and I think this is a, an original Andy Brassel joke, if you can buy him an alarm clock, uh, <laughs> uh, that, that's... That, I'd uh, stop using it if he did. Yeah, no, yeah. But, but there is an exceptional sort of, he has the pace, he's extremely good one-on-one. Like, there is something Two there. Two great feet. Yeah, so so he's maybe worth perth- worth persevering with if if they can find the the way to to make it make sense. Just just on Holland, since you brought it up, I agree with you. I think there's no chance it happens, but I think this is one of those things when it's in a, it's both beneficial for the Holland side and for the Barcelona side to pretend that it could. Uh, and with all the news around Erling Holland, I, I would caution any listener, if you read any news article, uh, certainly right now, saying, oh, he's going there, oh, he's going there. Like, they're all they're all nonsense, because they don't know yet. They haven't decided. This is the thing everyone knows. They, they, what it seems to be what's happening is, this, uh, is that uh, Minoriola appears to be doing everything in his power to, to make everyone think this is where he wants to go. Like, he's kind of keeping the he's keeping the channels open to all the potential clubs he could go to. Because he's uh, to provide 
provide him with options, isn't it? Yeah, you drum yeah. up a market for him, and you, there's a lot of, in the specific case of Barcelona, let's say hypothetically, and this is just me speculating, this is not me having inside information, my feeling in, in the very uh, significant Severson gut has, has always been that I think Real Madrid is a very logical place for him to go, and if you want that to be an option, it's not a bad idea to make Real Madrid think that you might go to Barcelona. <laughs> Just to kind of encourage them to, you know, if you don't sign this guy, might go to the Catalans. You know, you never know. Uh, so, so, so for for, for from Holland's side of it, it's very beneficial that uh, Barcelona are at least pretending they can afford him. Uh, whereas for Bar- from Barcelona's point of view, it makes the fans happy to read those kind of articles. It makes them seem big time, and it's like, oh yeah, we're, we're back. So this is a kind of, I think it kind of serves everyone's purposes to to pretend that this could be a thing, even though uh, certainly as of right now, it doesn't make any sense at all. And that pretty much answers Simon Edelston's tweet that he sent us asking how real is Barcelona's interest in Holland? Is it possible? I think the interest is real. I think it's possible but not likely. I guess just like if we're going back to the first period of Laporta and how he got elected in, it was of course by saying he was going to go and get David Beckham. Now this is slightly different of course because David Beckham wouldn't even take his calls and his people wouldn't even take his calls. Um, but, you know, their, their interest was real and it was possible, but not likely. And it could end up with a with a similar conclusion, as Lars says. Though that is an interesting thing to have in the back of your mind when it comes to, like, what you're hoping for and looking for with these big profiles. Who might get instead? Who's their Ronaldinho? Yeah, because sometimes the thing that they think they want isn't the thing they actually need. Yeah, <laughs> thanks on that. If, yeah. if you're Ferran Torres, though, if you're Ferran Torres and you're thinking, hang on a second, you must be thinking, these are the dark arts of football. I go to Manchester City uh, and I'm going to be the next big thing. doesn't seem to have worked out. So now I'm going to Barcelona. They don't seem to have bought me for the reasons that I thought they bought me for. They're, they're operating the dark arts of football to use me as a leverage to get somebody else. Oh, I I, I'm not sure about that. I, 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 think... don't, know, I don't know about that. I, th- I, think, I think they want him for him. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for them in the terms of the, tri- the sort of image that they're trying to build, the image of the team they're trying to rebuild under Xavi to get one of the best young Spanish players who, let's not forget, has rattled in a load for Spain in full internationals in not very many games so far, who both Pep Guardiola and Luis Enrique see as a centre-forward rather mm. than a, 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 a mm. winger. If he was your only option, I, th- I think that would be an issue because you're expecting him to produce at God level when he's not there yet. But but yeah, I, I think it's... I agree with Lars. I think it's a sensible signing... Whether they should be going out and spending any money at all, I, I think is a is a, a totally different question. There are so many holes in that squad; it's difficult to know where to go. It's kind of like you know when you've got a lot of work to do and you don't know where to start. At least they're actually starting the work. But no registration, no game. No, because of course the only reason that um, Danny Alves, who was re-signed and looked pretty good actually in the cup win that was almost a cup shock at, at Leonidas, um He looked really good in the second half of that, um, as we suspected he might. He's signed on the league minimum of €155,000 a year. And the only reason they could fit that on is because Sergio Aguero's retired. So we're looking at not just them trying to shift... Well, they're not trying to shift Dembele. I I still think he goes on a free next summer, maybe to Bayern. Um, They're clearly trying to shift 
Coutinho and Umtiti, they're the ones. Memphis, maybe, I, I think as, as as well, could be one that enters the Already? picture. But it's, it's going to be easier said than done, I think. We're going to be talking about transfers later on. It's about turn, I suppose, in Benfica for the second time. Here we go again with regards to their coach, Jorge Jesus. He's been told to go away. Again. N- N- Jesus is not wanted. <laughs> I, it's it's an uncharacteristic thing for the Portuguese. Usually quite big on Jesus. I, I, I don't know. Jesus. If you saw uh, the, the, the press conference um, from... Jorge uh, Jesus and uh, Rui Costa, who of course is now the, not no longer the sporting director, but the president of Benfica since the Luis Felipe Vieira um, reign fell apart. Um, the press conference that they did on the ending of it, it lasted for about two minutes. Mm. They both had a quick word, um, thanked each other, thanked the fans, had a dutiful hug at the end. Didn't take any questions. It was it was absolutely painful. It was like the bit in the office, you know, when David Brent has been made redundant and he's there looking really glum in like a a, a pair of chicken legs or something similar, <laughs> and uh, handing over that 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 charity check. It, it was a, it was a little bit like that. It's, it's a duty that no one truly wants to fulfill and it's fallen to Rui Costa to do this because obviously Vieira is no longer there Was it a similar vibe to to Roy Hodgson in the summer of 2016 uh, when he (laughs) he didn't know know what I'm doing here to be honest in the sort of post-Euro press conference explaining what had all gone wrong Uh, except I guess they didn't explain very much uh, just it had to end And I think the big difference is Jesus was quite accepting of the fact that he was going Now it's been a difficult second spell for him because uh, Luis Felipe Vieira, the previous president of Benfica, is under investigation for all sorts of financial stuff at the moment. And there are more revelations to come this weekend in the Portuguese media about um, the contents of various phone taps of uh, Vieira and um, other sort of deals that he might have been involved in. Um, both inside and outside football. Um, but he staked a lot on bringing Jorge Jesus back. And, and Jorge Jesus, let, let's get it right, it was fantastic the first time. When he arrived in 2009, um, they quickly made him the highest paid coach in Portugal because they were desperate to keep him because he brought success. He brought fantastic football. And he was just bombastic and front foot. And you know, Benfica loved that. And you know he brought an identity to Benfica for the first time in a really long time. However, um, after it fizzled out, and he went to Sporting, of, of of course, went to Flamengo and did a brilliant job there, winning um, the league and the Copa Libertadores. And Flamengo are kind of at the nub of where it started, where the, where the end started this time. No one was happy with the way it was going because remember, if we go back to the start of Jorge Jesus re- returning, mm. he comes back. Spends in fees alone during the pandemic over 80 million euros in a summer on players, which is an enormous amount anyway for a Portuguese Unprecedented club. Unprecedented for a Portuguese club. I mean, no exactly. one's ever spent that much. Exactly. And that is before we get to 
the big contracts for freeze like Vertonghen. You know, it's, it's it was a really expensive summer. They'd slimmed down the uh, Champions League qualifiers to one leg rather than two. They play Pauk mm-hmm. away, have 10, 15 bad minutes and end up getting, after he has stood up there in his introductory press conference saying, well, this time, let's do something in the Champions League. They're out of it before the season starts, um, which immediately makes the project look like a failure. And the player who scored the winning goal for Pauk. Yeah. Andreas Zivkovic, who's just been booted out of Benfica. Absolutely. <laughs> Incredible scenes. Absolutely. The, the gods of football. That, that, the that, screenwriting they were doing credentials are extraordinary. They were doing their thing. And th- then they don't win the league that's meant to be a shoe-in for them. They're not going to win it again this season, um, partly due to the result after he went because um, he left the club in between um, the two classicals against Porto, both of which they lost, one to get knocked out of the, the Tassa de Portugal and the other one in, in, in the Liga. Um, so now that there's they're seven points off the top, um, which is an absolute chasm in Portuguese terms. And then the thing that started it all is Flamengo. Now, in this era of I know there's a lot of flight shaming in uh, Norway, isn't there, Lars? Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. It's, I don't it's, know. I've not been flying back there. It's <laughs> very pandemic at the moment. I'm not flying anywhere. It's, de- it's definitely not a thing in Brazil and Portugal because uh, a delegation from Flamengo, not, uh, they could have shown their interest in George Jesus in whatever way they wanted. They flew three board members, including the president, over to Lisbon to, and they said, right, we're not going to go back without Jorge Jesus, which is incredibly disruptive for Benfica. Now, I suspect as well, they probably had half an eye on, hang on, if they if they make a move for him, maybe we get some compensation and don't <laughs> actually have to sack him. Because he was so unpopular by this point. Before this had even happened, there was um, a website set up by some Benfica fans where um, like every time someone clicked the button... Um, it would go like however many miles towards sending Jorge uh, Jesus back to Rio. That's his <laughs> level of popularity in the last couple of months. So then Flamengo come, they turn up to the Benfica game. So they're like looming there in the Flamengo delegation. And then when Jorge Jesus is not giving them an answer, they upset Braga by making an approach for Carlos Carvalhal. Another one is kind of on the on the line, on the hot seat. And then they end up really upsetting the Poland FA by taking away Paolo Sosa. Uh, Poland initially refused to let them go, let him go, and eventually do let him go. So uh, here we go, Jorge Jesus without a job, and was this, maybe what, made me heading for another job Was this job all in on the same trip? Because that, that's like an, a raid. I like, I did this, the old the old Viking in, in me approves of that. There's just a group of <laughs> Brazilian directors who just fly over here, like we're not returning without a coach. We're just going to Ryanair it around the continent until Honestly, we find some kind of coach. None of this is even shit. I mean, it's no. all face to face. Couldn't get the one in Lisbon? Fine, we'll go north to Braga. <laughs> no? Okay, Warsaw then. But if if, if someone was going to jump ship... Where would they have gone at, after Warsaw? If someone, well, that's a good question. But if someone was going to jump ship at an incredibly inconvenient moment, it was always going to be Palo Sosa, wasn't it? But I, I feel like having the, the, the big Portuguese brain... Well, you're not Portuguese as such, but you keep a weather eye on it, Sandy, here in the studio. Why was he that unpopular? Was it just the fact that they lost a couple of games in the league? Because I'm just no. looking at the league table... 
Like the Portuguese league is so brutal because like Benfica, sixteen games in, they've won twelve, drawn one, and lost three, which seems like it. Like that's not bad after sixteen games. Problem is, Porto and Sporting are both undefeated, yeah. <laughs> so you know there's there's already a gap. Yeah, but, but there seems to be Benfica but, have more money than either of them, yeah, and have been spending more money than either of them. And I, I, the big problem from the Benfica fans that I, I listen to, and that, like from from watching what's going on at the club is that it's it's felt that and this isn't really Rui Costa's fault because this is a situation that he's inherited it's seen as um, Benfica should have been going in, in one direction because post Jorge Jesus the difficulty was him he never brought through young players mm. and you know you look at Bernardo Silva played one game before he was sold Um or initially loaned to Monaco, I should say. Um, you look at Andre Gomes, who what, got 14, 15 games for the, for the first team. You know, Portuguese football fans understand that their best players are going to get sold, mm. but they can't cope with like players from the academy not getting a chance. I mean, that's, that's just culturally quite difficult. Now, you look at the spell post-Jorge Jesus, when Rui Vitoria, um, Bruno Lage promote players like Renato Sanchez, um, Joao Felix and they've got another good generation coming through Gonzalo Ramos who had his fallouts with the striker who had his fallouts with Jorge Jesus uh, had not been getting the game time that many felt he should while say someone imported like Seferovic who's well paid was getting game time <laughs> seeing Jorge Jesus spend all that money and being brought back for all that money, because obviously it cost them to spring him from his Flamengo contract and they paid him an absolute fortune. It was felt that all the progress they'd made since he left was just going in the bin and they were just going in a different direction and that they spent all this money and completely ballsed it up from that point. I mean, that's very, very difficult for, for Benfica fans to, to swallow. And the other stuff, the way that Jorge Jesus speaks to people... That's something that is is being talked about more and more in Portugal. The way the way he talks to players, especially young players, a lot of fans are, are are not having that, and I can understand that. And I think a lot of players are not having that. That's a that's a problem. Of course, he kind of outed himself as a casual racist as well when he he, he talked about um, it's never ideal. Yeah, and you know, again, like sort of. What did he say? He he came out and. Um, he said, uh, he said about, I can't remember exactly what the incident was, but it, it was, it was something about, uh, racial abuse. And he, he was saying, oh, people are always going on about that nowadays. Why can't they just get on with it? <laughs> you, you know, if, 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 if you'd have, if you'd have asked <laughs> him to say, if you'd have asked him to say, what, what I think it was, yeah, it might've been related to that actually. If you, if you'd have asked him to say, Say something next that an elderly racist might say. Yeah, he pretty much did it word for word. Yeah. And you know, there people have like forgiven him a, a lot of hubris over the years. But with that, it's just you know, maybe you're a yesterday's man in so many ways, including some quite unpleasant ways that we weren't expecting. I mean, quite at that point, what you would have felt like if you were Joao Mario or any other black player who played under him, let down and disappointed, I suspect.
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Of course, it's the January transfer window that dominates a lot of the football conversation right across Europe. Um, And I suppose Europe is the focus. That's where the talent is, Uh, particularly talent that's likely to go to any of the big uh, three or four leagues, isn't it? Uh, Anybody caught your eyes so far? Interesting transfer news. Well, actually, seeing as Lars is here, I I, I wanted to... um, pump him for an in and an out of the the MLS, really. Okay. Because I, I, I know you're an MLS watcher. I am. So for, firstly, Lorenzo Insigne um, looks like he's pretty much going to Toronto from, from Napoli when it, it, it gets the summer. And bearing in mind his age, the length of the contract, the fact that we get paid three times as much as he would be at a, a Napoli, who were looking to give him a pay cut. I think that's totally the right thing. The other one is young star, Texan star of uh, uh, US soccer, Ricardo Pepe, Ricardo Pepe. Com- coming over to Augsburg. Yeah. Which is which is interesting. What, what do you what do you make of the pair of those? Well, let's do Insignia first because I've seen a few sort of adverse comments on it. Like, he's giving up on his career. Like, why would he do this? But I just think... He was one of the stars of the Euro. Yeah, he's a, he's a great, play, he's a great player, Insignia. He's 30, right? And he's been offered a five-year deal, is it? On completely wild terms. like, And this is almost a throwback because for the last... For almost the last decade, MLS has kind of... hasn't been the place to go for crazy contracts anymore. You know, the salary levels in Europe has kind of overtaken even what the sort of elite uh, MLS performers earn. And if, you, if you're if retiring somewhere to, to feather your nest, uh, it, it tends to be the Middle East or, or, or possibly China for a while, even though before that sort of thing fell down. Um, and, and, and we've kind of come out of this sort of, yeah, big money move to MLS thing wasn't a thing for a while. It is with Insignia. Like the contract he's been offered by Toronto is wild, and and it's certainly much more than he would have gotten when he what he's likely to have gotten anywhere in Europe. And you say he's a great player. I say he's a great player, but he's also he's a thirty year old winger. If he was going to move somewhere within Europe, he wouldn't be going to the top top tier of clubs. I don't think uh, he, he's more likely to end up in some of the. Are you sure about? No, I don't. I I, do I, think I, 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 I think the I the, the appetite for handing out long term deals to players no, over. Thirty, no, but just but but then you have to think of yourself, like for your financial future. If on the one hand, it's a five-year contract on a massive uh, wedge in a city where you you have a good lifestyle and a a league that's much more competitive than it used to be, on one hand, and on the other, you can get maybe a two-year deal at 
not one of the top tier clubs in Europe, but one of the sort of as, more aspirational. I mean, I, I think that's an equation that's it's much more understandable to me, certainly, why Insigne has gone the way he has. That's the thing. I think there's there's also a gap, Dotton, between, and I, I think we're maybe meeting in the middle here, you and I, on there's a gap between how much we love Insigne and how good he actually is. Like, he is an excellent player and he was important for for Italy um, in, in in the Euros. Absolutely. But, but I think there's a reason Napoli are trying to shave a little bit off his wages. And it's not just because they're spinning several financial plays. I think you have to look at how the contract's going to age as well when Lars is talking about how old he is. He's as good as he's going to be at this point. And how good he is is what... Um, a kind of A A minus player. It's it's not an A plus plus player, is it? Is it? So, so the point I'm making is that if, if, you're, if you're he was not, going, you're not going to throw the bag at it if you're Chelsea or exactly. Or this is the point. So if he's go, if he's going somewhere in Europe, he's not going to Man City or Bayern or PSG. You know, the, the, those offers aren't forthcoming. It'd he's, be, he's going to a better Italian club, which is not where, he, or, or a slightly bigger it might be Italian, a better club, Italian, which is probably not, not what he wants, wants to, to do. Or no. if it's if it's somewhere else, it might be somewhere like Tottenham or like Sevilla or something, which great clubs, but you know. Tottenham? What, you're saying that he would turn down, he chose Toronto over Tottenham? I don't think there's any way in the world Daniel Levy offers him a five-year deal at half of what Toronto are offering him. So the 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 point I'm making is that it's a combination of great terms from Toronto that's a huge part of it but also just looking at what would be what, what, what would you be turning it down for usually when footballers are coming towards the sunset of their careers they are still looking to play on as high a level as possible for as long as possible Insignia seems to have thrown in the towel or have disregarded that sentiment and gone for the uh, security of a five year contract well, it's, a, it's a growing league terms. isn't it mm. and in the short term would you go? if you look at yeah, to go to, to the MLS totally absolutely over possible uh, chance to play in the Premier League or if you're being paid what, three times as much I mean, yeah, I mean really? you're not <laughs> you I'll tell you what changed my mind about it Watch, watching Carlos Vela uh, uh, Los Angeles because he is one of the best players in the league he's getting paid a fortune and he's having a great time is is undeniably a way to enjoy yourself I would say and I also I'm, I'm a little bit sort of I always think it's way too easy for us and not just like fans at home, but us as well uh, to sit here uh, around this table and, and talk very casually about giving up millions and millions of euros. Like, Absolutely. Absolutely. Because those are decisions we never have to make in that way. Like none of us have ever been in a position where maybe I'd quite like to play for this other club, but for this club, I'll make, you know, we're talking about millions and millions of euros. So for you and your family, that's like, it, these are financial decisions that are, that are important for you, that are yeah. important and life-changing. Totally. And it's, it's too easy for us on the outside to just say, oh, it's only money. It's, it's, oh, it's only money when it's someone else's money. Well, what about Ricardo Pepe anyway? Well, what, yeah, what we, we expected this from him? became the insignia segment, which it wasn't meant to be. Uh, Ricardo Pepe is kind of interesting. Um, he is, um, I would have said before that, ooh, he's quite interested and good little pickup for whoever in Europe have, have bought him. But then the transfer fee Augsburg has paid is pretty wild. Mm. Um, 17 million euros or so or some such is what's being said. 
Now, he is an 18-year-old uh, player from Texas who made his uh, MLS debut when he was just 16, and he's already played quite a lot of football. He's had something like 55 games in, in MLS uh, at age of 18, which is uh, pretty impressive. What, what sort of a player is he? So he's a striker. Uh, he's got quite a well-rounded physique. I mean, he's not... He's, he's six foot one, thereabouts, six foot, six foot one. So he's not imposing, but he's got he's got a good frame and, and he moves well. So he's quite well-rounded in that regard. And, uh, and he's got an eye for goal. Um, and he's got I guess the, the phrase you use is there's a lot of good raw material there like right. there's the beginnings of a very good striker and, and very very much unpolished but someone who's been trusted to play senior football from a very very young age uh, he's already made his debut for the US and uh, scored a couple of goals early on in his US uh, national team career so he's someone who's taken to playing at a high level uh, very well at a very very young age and someone you can see you know, it's it's the raw materials there for him to be molded into a very very good striker. I am very surprised he's gone to Augsburg for that uh, fee, but of course Augsburg, as I understand it, have an American investor yeah. sort of uh, in the background, and he'll play. Yeah, and, and and he'll go to and he'll play, and he'll be playing in quite an attack minded and open league. Mm. It's not the most punishing league to be a young striker in, I think, uh, but he's someone who. Uh, I suspect he's on Bayern Munich's radar for the future. I mean, he's he's actually trained uh, with Bayern last year. Him and a couple of other youngsters from from FC Dallas went over. Uh, so he's someone who's been on uh, a lot of people's radar. Uh, Augsburg is a surprising destination, but it'll be it's somewhere where you can play football, and the raw materials are there. It's a stepping stone, and you see that coming uh, happening a lot, don't you? In transfer windows, that people are coming from, uh, whether it be the African continent or South America or elsewhere, coming to a European, a lesser European uh, club to use it as a stepping stone to go elsewhere. Ryan. Ryan Seidel has sent us a tweet. And remember, you can send us tweets throughout the course of the week at Football Ramble, at Dotton Adebayo, at Andy Brassel, and at Lash Severston. So from Ryan Seidel, uh, feel like you guys need to talk about Christoph Piatek's move to Fiorentina and what it means for Dusan Vlaovic's future and where he's going. I, I don't mean to uh, tear out our listeners. Of course, I only want to be friendly with our listeners and Ryan is very much part of the listenership. Uh, he's actually written Goal Bay, Christoph Piontek. He's not Goal Bay no more, <laughs> oh, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, he's had an extraordinary career in short career in Europe's top leagues in that um, it was a surprise to people in Poland when he moved to Genoa. Even more of a surprise when he rattled in a load of goals. Half a season in, he gets sold to to Milan, where he scores a reasonable amount of goals, but mostly from the penalty spot. Was that uh, a surprise and, and all? That, yeah, and they they they, they realised they want to move on, and he retains value. Um, you know, they end up uh, selling him on to to Hertha, ultimately, and um, he's he's not really established himself there through various different um, eras. And uh, it's, it's been difficult because they've been very unstable. They've gone through a couple of coaches. Um, I just feel like his game is... like He can make stuff happen in the penalty box. There's no doubt about it. It's great in the air. It's a decent finisher. But I, to me, it feels... You know, you were talking about Ricardo Pepe at a much younger age lacks a, a little bit of polish. Mm. I still feel that about Piontek, mm. even though he's a little bit further down the line. He's one of those players who's going to end up having 
a fortune spent on him in cumulative transfer fees. I guess the David Platt of his time. Mm-hmm. But maybe he's skipped a couple of the steps that you ideally need in your development as as a player. When a, when a striker like that turns up with a name like that, who people in Italy recognise, it suggests one thing, that you're shipping Dusan Vlaovic. Um, yeah. I would suggest that he doesn't necessarily go in January. I think Fiorentina would like to sell in January because he's only got a year left on his contract when it gets to summer. But from the looks of it, he's not completely sold on Arsenal, who are the team who are most willing to put up the readies and they are asking for a lot of money. So whether that means that Vlaovic, who's not a sulker, if they keep him for the second half of this this season, he'll continue to score a lot of goals for Fiorentina and maybe Piontek gets stuck doing that sort of peripatetic role that he's had at, at Milan and Hertha, which wouldn't be ideal for him. No big names moving over the January uh, transfer window. C- can we confirm that? No big names. Can we confirm well, no, no, that? just because you guys hear things that we, you know, little people don't get to hear. <laughs> and and, and uh, any any, any rumours? Because the rumours well, circulate. It would be foolish to say never, because okay. the football transfer market can be totally wild and irrational and bizarre things happen suddenly and without, you know, warning. But well, wait, the, the wait, biggest wait things for... rarely move in January. We know that. No, it's, it's, it's difficult to get done. Of course, the imponderable in this are Newcastle United. So what they do, especially if it gets closer to the end of the month and they haven't signed everyone they want to, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Of course, in France, PSG and Lyon are amongst the teams that are looking to spring clean. And James, James Elliott has tweeted us saying, Nice sitting second in Ligue 1, at title very unlikely this year. Are they holding towards a realistic challenge next year, though? I, I don't know if you can talk about realistic challenges in a galaxy that includes PSG. Uh, so I think maybe it jumps the gun a little bit. As you know, I'm very interested to see how PSG shake out if Mbappe goes. I think that changes the dynamic a lot, possibly negatively. Um, going back to their January transfer window, what they're hoping to do is get rid of some of their deadwood. We were PSG. talking about, yeah, we were talking about how difficult it is for Barcelona to get rid of deadwood. Of course, the impetus is not so great for them to do so with with with, with Paris Saint Germain, but it's, it's it's more difficult in the sense that their players are paid an absolutely heinous amount of money, and we're forever hearing how. The likes of Levin Kazawa, um, Julian Draxler, who received extensions in the relatively recent past, they're having a great time living in Paris, and they're paid an absolute fortune. So why would they? Yeah, why would Yeah, so why would they want to go somewhere gilded, deadwood, less glamorous to do more work for for for, for less money, much less money? So it's, it's going to be tough for them. As far as Nice go, I, I like the way they're gradually building. Um, I think if Ugo Lloris didn't sign again with Tottenham and went back there, that would be a, a huge signal of something happening. Is there any suggestion that might happen? Yeah, there is. I mean, he's still very attached to to, to like where he's from. Mm. Um, he's got a very nice house there as, as, nice as well. He's got, he's got family there. There's no doubt about it. You don't need to tell Ugo that. You're preaching to the converted. So if if they could convince him, that, that would be something else. I... Find in title terms, going back to James's question, 
for next season, you can't count him out while Christoph Galtier is there because he is the best coach in the division. And I think the way they're building is very organic. But then again, they, they've got a bit of dead wood to, to, to get rid of themselves. A better coach than Pochettino then? Y- yeah, for me, yeah. For you, Zorlaj? Sacrilege. <laughs> Just say yes. No. no, no that's the correct answer. It's not. <laughs> okay. <it's>... Nonsense. <laughs> no, I'm joking, of course, but also not. <laughs> so it's that time when we turn uh, to your culinary skills uh, in selecting a game of the week each, please. Uh, do you want to start, Lars? You got one? Uh, yeah, because I think I know Andy has, there's an obvious one for Andy, isn't there, on Sunday? There, there are loads of obvious ones. Okay. So, uh, I'm getting hungry, guys. So fine. Okay. <laughs> let's let's just, okay. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to Serie A anyway, where, I mean, can we, we can't get, we can't have games on the Thursday as game of the week because most of our listeners might not get around to the, to, to listening to this before then. So let's, let's jump on to Sunday because there is a full round of fixtures in, in the Serie A this afternoon, uh, which is exciting. But, um, it's a crucial couple of days, I feel, for Jose Mourinho uh, and and Roma, who are you know they're not in a in a great way, but they're still sort of kind of within touching distance of something. If they can have a couple of good wins now, then you feel that they could have a straight run towards maybe maybe getting a Champions League place uh, in the spring. I mean, they're not completely out of it, and uh, they play AC Milan now this afternoon for a Thursday. Who um, AC Milan, who is kind of flagging a little bit and dropping a little bit behind Inter in the sort of title uh, thing, but then on Sunday they play Juventus, <laughs> so they've in a couple. Of days Roma are playing AC Milan and Juventus feels like pivotal moments for Mourinho both because a couple of big swings in those games would be big for him but we also know Mourinho being combustible as he is those big nights if they go wrong for him then suddenly he talks himself into trouble and it all goes weird so so key key period for the Mourinho project at Roma and uh, both of them joint games of the week so what, whatever you volunteer for food is going to be replaced by a jumbo tub of ice cream if it doesn't go well in the in the first half of the second game yeah let's 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 go with that yeah i'll give you the ice cream for free what's the food I was, I was going to be boring and go pizza, but then again, we're, we're talking Roma, aren't we? And I'm very much the sort of Neapolitan pizza man. Yeah, go for it. Why not? A margarita. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Margarita's good I'm, enough. I'm sure Romans would be fine for that. They won't be fine with that. Yeah, they won't argue. What about you? Um, I'm going to go for Saturday night. I'm going to go for Real Madrid versus Valencia um, because uh, Real Madrid uh, having a mini little bit of pressure put on, on them by um, them losing on the first weekend back at Getafe, in which I were very poor. Um, Getafe really surging under Kike Sanchez-Flores, uh, away from the bottom, um, and Sevilla winning at Cadiz on, on Monday night. So I want to believe that there's going to be a title race. I want to believe that Valencia are going to go there and give them a game. Of course, there have been various injury and COVID absences for, for Real Madrid as well. Um, the thing with Valencia... They're so unpredictable. And their coach, Jose Bordelas, who is a master of the dark arts, but I have such a lot of time for. The interesting thing with him since the opening of the transfer window, he's been saying, well, if Valencia want to be a big club, we have to sign some players. Mm. Which I'm really surprised to hear from him because he always seems such a a, a modest uh 
do do the wrong things right kind of coach more if you've seen Getafe play over the last couple of seasons you know what I mean mm-hmm. but um, I think it's interesting because these sort of power struggles always happen at Valencia why always Valencia anyway if he's going to take on the board especially in terms of getting them to put their hand in their pocket well one would suggest it's only going to end one way. It's going to be an interesting month for Valencia anyway. Well put, Andy. But I have to say, this says an awful lot about how Lyon's season is going, that you completely ignored Lyon PSG on Sunday and you've gone... Yeah. I mean, that, that is a diss. That's a diss by omission. It's, Never mind that. What you can eat. It's something it. to be endured. Uh, also, Valencia and Paella will make the January blues go away. And I can cook it. This was a Stack production and part of the ACAST Creative Network. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.